Hey everybody, this is Jamie Nunley, lead pastor of Victory Fellowship Church. Thanks for listening to the VFC Sermon Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our free VFC Thomasville app, where you can access all of our messages, sermon notes, announcements, and small group lessons. This app is the easiest way to keep up with everything going on here at VFC. So please enjoy the following sermon. We hope it encourages you in your walk with Jesus and helps you to belong, believe, and become. Enjoy. Well, good morning again. Good to see everyone. We are launching a new series this morning called Sticks and Stones, where we're going to be talking about the power of words. I'm really looking forward to this month, um, and we'll get to it in a moment. Before we do, many of you know that uh, I took a small team uh, last week to Pakistan, and we got to see God do some amazing things. Uh, we'll, we'll go over all that happened in just a moment, but before we do, I want to share a video a recap of a crusade that we had over there last week where we just saw thousands and thousands of people come to Christ. So if you guys would play that video for us. I want to teach you what the Bible says about Jesus. Her neck was 
Spain and she was unable to walk. But tonight got touched, relieved her, and now she's able to walk properly. Doctor do a surgery and he was unable to move his arm from a two side and he was unable to move, he was unable to eat up. Uh, eat a food with his hand, but tonight got touching and now he's able to move. I know you aren't using, used to seeing me in a coat and tie. That was me. Um, I've always said that someone either has to get married or pass away for you all to see me in a coat and tie. But I'll add a third one. Uh, if 75,000 people show up to hear the gospel, I'll wear a coat and tie. So that's on you. I mean, really, uh, if you guys want to <laughs> make that happen, I'm cool with it as well. Um, so it was, it was an amazing trip. I don't have time to go over everything. Uh, if you've got questions, feel free to reach out to me or any of the team members. Just want to give you some of the information. We had at that crusade 64,521 people give their hearts to Jesus. Isn't that awesome? We bust in 250 villages from the area. Um, that's how we got the crowd. There was around 80,000 people there. Uh, we lost a few of the locals because it started, the wind kicked up and the rain um, started blowing and stuff. We spoke to it and it ceased. It was awesome. But, um, so it was probably fewer than 80,000 actually uh, was there. Um, but but 64,000 got saved. The, the reason we know that is because each pastor was assigned to those villages where, he, where we bust people in. So each pastor went back and, and interviewed each person um, and, and, and listened to their profession of faith. And so this is a math number. It's not a guess. They actually added up, tabulated each salvation. We had another outdoor meeting that was really good in a rural area. 527 people saved, around 700 there in attendance. Had lots and lots of healings. You saw on the video, the uh, vision healings. One person couldn't walk very well. She was walking. It was amazing. Ten families, 40 people set free from slavery. Um, and again, that's, it was amazing. We raised money to pay off their debt. We had a pastor's conference, over 350 in attendance there. Um, we had a women's conference. Uh, uh, Dylan got to share um, on television to a broadcast that went out to 72 nations. Um, the, there's Brick Kiln Ministry where we just loved all the kids and fed them and gave them school supplies, and we got to baptize new believers. It was, it was awesome. It was really amazing. Uh, thank you for those that were praying. Thank you for those that gave. Uh, this is the fruit of your home church. Um, and so you're a part of this. Most of you will never go over there. Most of you don't want to go over there. I understand that. I understand that. But you are a part. This is your win as well. It's not just me or the team, okay? So we all give the Lord another hand about all this. Isn't that awesome? So cool. I was doing the math. I think, I think it's right now the last trip to Pakistan, this trip to Pakistan, the total salvation count uh, is around 138,000 people. What? 
That doesn't even make sense, does it? Like I heard myself say that and I was like, no, it's not true. I was there. It's true. It's amazing what God's doing. It's full-on revival. It's Book of Acts revival that's happening. And somehow we get to be a part of it. It's just amazing. So, um, so thanks for your prayers. We'll keep you up to date. We'll probably go again next year. Um, and we want to do, we want to see even more people saved, right? I mean, this is, come on, you strike when the iron's hot, right? We're going to talk about sticks and stones during this month because words are incredibly powerful. The things that we say, the way that we use our mouth, it's so powerful. And, and we need to constantly be reminded of this. I need to constantly be reminded of this. This is an area where many of us fail on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, James chapter 3 says that, that if a man can tame his tongue, then he's perfect or mature in all of his ways. And so we need to understand that our words are tools that can be used to help, they can be used to hurt, or they can be used to bring hope. So that's what we're going to be discussing this whole month. And kind of the anchor verse that I want to show you uh, this morning, uh, I have a, in a couple of versions, it's, it's Proverbs 18.21. I like to call this the grow-up verse. 18 is a, big, is a big age for us, right? 18 is when you become a legal adult here in the United States. 21 is, is when you can drink beer. So my kids call this Proverbs Tattoo Beer. Because you can get a tattoo at 18. Just pray for our family is what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. Is pray for my kids. Let's look at this. Proverbs 18.1, the grow up verse. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. That, that version, I, I grew up memorizing that version. It never really made a whole lot of sense. Like eating fruit, like, wait, what? I didn't really, those who love it, love, love what? And the New Living Translation, I think, does a really good job of explaining it. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. See, fruit is the result of something that's been planted, right? So in, in the New King James Version, it says, those who love it, love the tongue, love to talk, especially unbridled talking, they will eat its fruit. They will deal with the repercussions. They will deal with the consequences of their tongue, of their words, and so we, we need to understand that with every word that you speak, it's like you're planting a seed. And that seed turns into a tree, and that tree yields fruit, and you will eat the fruit from the tree that you've grown with your words. We don't think about this, though. We, we, think, we think, you know, in our fiercely independent Western society, we think, well, I get to, I get to say whatever I want to. You know, I, I'm going to leave a review. I didn't like the restaurant. The waitress was rude. I'm going to Yelp. I'm going to go leave a review on Amazon. They, they said three-day shipping. I got it in four days. One star. I get to say what I want to. And, and we just feel like because we think it, we get to say it. And look, I need you to understand your words. They're not just empty. They're spiritual containers. They contain spiritual messages. And, and it's very, very important that we use them properly because they're seeds. It says death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death seeds can be planted or life seeds can be planted based on what you choose to say. I've got... Here in front of me, I've got some, uh, some death seeds here, and I've got some life seeds. 
And I want you to understand, whenever you go to work, whenever you go home, whenever you come to church, whenever you, you pull into the Walmart parking lot, whenever, wherever you go, whatever you do, you are planting seeds. And if you're not watching the words that you're saying, it's like you're grabbing these death seeds and you're, and, and you're saying negative things. You say, oh, well, there goes that person. Who does she think she is? And you're just planting these seeds everywhere you go. You're like, oh, they're ridiculous. I can't stand them. Those people that don't vote like me, they're idiots. They're stupid. And you're planting death seeds. And, and you, can't, you can't think that that's not going to grow up into a tree with fruit. But you can also choose life seeds. And you can bless people and say, I love those people. I don't understand everything that they think. I don't, I don't get it, but I love them. You can walk into your home and talk to your children and they forgot to do the chore that you told them about and say, look, you made a mistake. I'm going to correct the mistake, but I love you. But, but you get to choose the kind of words that you get to plant because every time you talk, y'all are not even trying to dodge it. You can dodge it. It's okay. <laughs> look, just hit me. <laughs> I'm surprised I hadn't. Oh, thank you. I was about to say, someone hadn't thrown any back. Hey, those were life words. Thank you, Pastor Tim. But do you understand? Do you understand? When you talk, it's like you're throwing seed. And it's either life or death. So I need you to understand this. God has delegated to you the usage of your words. It's your choice as to whether you use words that help, words that hurt, Words that bring hope, words that harm, words that heal. It's your choice. He has subcontracted your language to you. So how can we speak words that help? Surely you understand how important this is. So how can we do this? I hate being told to do something without being told how to do it. So let's talk about how we can speak words that help. How we can plant seeds that yield good fruit. Here's the first way is recognize the power of words. You know, you treat powerful things more carefully, right? Like if you've ever operated a chainsaw before, like you're careful with that thing. You can really hurt yourself with that. That's why I usually don't use them. So if words are powerful, then you need to recognize the power of words and handle them very carefully. Proverbs 12, 18 says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. See, your words. You can pierce someone with your words, or you can help heal someone with your words. The choice is yours. What are you doing with your words? It's powerful. Don't think your words don't matter. Don't think that you can just say whatever you want to without any consequence. It is a seed growing into a tree, yielding fruit every single day time we can all remember negative words that have been spoken over us we all remember people in authority parents grandparents teachers who said things to us pastors who said negative things to us it creates wounds and it's and apologizing later and saying well i didn't mean it doesn't take away the wound it doesn't undo what was, what was done? I like to say it this way. You can't unpunch someone. Think about it. Once you punch someone, they've been punched. 
You can apologize, they've still been punched. You can tend to the wound, they've still been punched. So the greater good here is not learning how to apologize, although you should do that. It's learning how to not punch someone. And to guard our mouths and to guard our lips and to make sure that we don't use, uh, that we don't choose words of death, but we choose words of life, that we plant the right seeds. Look, we're going to have to, as, as believers, you have to hold yourself to a higher standard of communication. The sh- I do a lot of, I do a lot of marriage counseling. The shakiest marriages that I come across always have at least one person who just says whatever they think. And the worst ones, both people do that. Well, they say it. Okay, why don't you be better? Why don't you, why don't you describe, why don't you show to them? Why don't you model the, to them the behavior? Well, my kids do it. So, uh, no, you're the adult. You be the adult. Right? You're going to have to. And I know this is hard, but, but I'm just telling you, you're going to have to make the decision. I mean, you cry out to God, ask for help and all that. But at the end, in the end, it's, he's, he's delegated this to you. You're in charge of how you use your, no one is making your lips move. It's you. It's you. So we've got to recognize the power of our words if we want to speak words that help. Here's here's the next thing that can help us speak words that help, is that we don't say everything we think. Now, I, I know this, you're like, well, of course, you need to understand, most of us walk around throughout the day and just, and we think it, so we say it. There's no filter. And I'm telling you, this is not what Scripture instructs. This is lawlessness. This is a lack of self-control. Look at these Scriptures. Proverbs 13.3. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. (laughs) You ever ruined everything by opening your mouth? (laughs) I have. Proverbs 21.23. Watch your tongue. And keep your mouth shut, and you will stay out of trouble. I'm almost positive my dad said that to me, like verbatim. (laughs) Keep your mouth shut, and you'll stay out of trouble. Okay, Dad. But it's a proverb. (laughs) It's a proverb. It's, 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 it's 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 from the wisdom book. This one's good. If you think you're religious, you're a good Christian? All right, let's find out. James 1, 26. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Hey, I got the bumper sticker, man. Yeah, but you talk like trash, so who cares? I don't listen to secular music. I listen to Caleb. That's fantastic. You're a horrible person. Why? Because it's our words. Look, you don't, I relieve you of the burden of saying everything you think. Just because you, look, I think all sorts of crazy things. I think bad thoughts. I think well, I do all the time, but but I have to take those thoughts captive, and you don't have to to give voice to those thoughts. Look, if you're a Christian, you we have to yield all that we are to Jesus, and using the tool of speech is a privilege. Using tools require proper use. You don't misuse tools. You don't take a hammer and scratch your back with the claw. That's a misuse of the tool, right? So your mouth is a tool, and you have to learn to use it correctly. Now listen to this. Your ability to speak isn't just a gift of God 
for you. It's a gift to others through you. What if your mouth was given to you, not for you, but for others? What if it was a tool that you could use to help build the home of someone else? If we are the body of Christ, that also means where is mouth? That, that we represent Christ to the world through what we say. We've got to yield our mouths. We've got to yield our speech. We've got to talk with a purpose, not just in our feelings and in our random thoughts. How do we do this? Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Galatians 5. And so we've got to draw near to God. Look, we, we need his help. I need his help. You need his help. We've got, but we can't say everything that we think. Here's another way that we can speak words that help. Is we've got to learn to listen first. We've got to learn to listen. You may have heard this, that there's a reason why God gave us two ears and one mouth. I mean, he's saying, hey, this is twice as important as this. But how many of us, we listen to respond instead of listen to understand? We've got to learn to listen first. James 1, 19 through 20, I love this, this scripture. It says, everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Why? Verse 20, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Look, none of you got kicked into the kingdom. None of you got embarrassed into heaven. None of you got berated into, Christi- into belief. Right? You, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And so when we use our words opposite of how God wants us to, kingdom principles, we, we'll never produce the righteousness of God in man. The only thing that produces righteousness in a person is not our anger at them. It's introducing them to Jesus who can actually change their life, not your words. And so, look, we've got to learn to listen first. If you find yourself saying this, I just don't understand why they would think that. I just don't understand why they would do that. I just don't understand why they would vote that way. I just don't understand why they would say that. If you find yourself saying that, you're the one with the problem. They know perfectly well why they do what they do. But you don't. That means you need to learn. And the way that you learn is by listening. If you've got a family member who's unsaved, and you're just constantly, you need to get saved, you need to get saved, you need to get saved... How's that working? It's probably not. You're probably doing the opposite of what you want. What you need to do is you need to ask questions. You need to learn how to listen because there is a reason why they aren't saved. But instead of trying to figure that out and loving them and and introducing Jesus to them in the way that they need to understand it, you're too busy just telling them what you think. Does not yield fruit. We've got to learn to listen First, helpful people attempt to understand before they attempt to be understood. They attempt to understand first. That's what we're commissioned to do. So we've got to learn to listen. Amen? 
The last way I want to share with you this morning that we speak words that help is that we eulogize people while they're alive. We eulogize people. Y'all been to a funeral, a memorial service before where they, they eulogize someone. They talk about how great they are. I love it when, when the person hasn't been that great and people get up there and they're like, well, he was a person. Uh, you know, everyone's trying to say, what can I say? Well, he ate cereal. Um, I mean, what do, you, what do you do? What do you? I was actually a part of um, a memorial service yesterday. It was so sweet. Many of the people that were there are here this morning. It was fantastic. They just honored and venerated that man. And he was such a fantastic person. And I didn't know him all that well personally, but just after hearing all the testimonies of what he had done and said and who, what he was like, and I was convicted. I was like, wow, man, I hope people are going to say good things at <laughs> my funeral. I mean, it was, it, was, it was an amazing thing to witness this family just speak these, this affirmation over their loved one after he had passed. But I wonder what it would be like if we did that even before people passed. You know, the things you might be saving for someone's funeral, why don't you go ahead and say, say them now? You go ahead, and, and, and for a lot of us, it's going to be, that means swallowing our pride. For, for a lot of us, because we don't want to, you know, we don't want to seem weak, we don't want to seem, you know, whatever. Or, oh, I don't know how they take it. Or, look, we need to bring funeral talk into the land of the living. We need to eulogize people on a run. That hel- it's, it's helpful. It's helpful. If we speak words that help, then we need to learn to do this. Kind words can be your ministry and your everyday life as your pulpit. You know, God's not calling you most likely to, to preach. I mean, I, I love preaching. I mean, preaching in front of those tens of thousands was just so much fun for me. I was like, okay, this is fun. I like this. Most people aren't called to that. I get that. But you know what? Your life, your everyday life can be your, your pulpit. And you can use your words to preach the gospel as you just speak life over people. I mean, it doesn't have to be, Lord, give me this deep prophetic word. No, just compliment what they're wearing. Just notice the haircut. I try to notice haircuts. Not always, ladies, sorry. But I, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you just, you, you, learn, you learn to eulogize people while they're alive. Proverbs 16, 24. I have the wrong verse up there. Proverbs 16, 24, it says, listen to this. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. You know, you can promote health in someone else simply by how you speak to them. And my question to you this morning is really simple. Are, you, are your words a help to those around you? I'm going to be honest. Get real honest with yourself. Don't lie to yourself. Are your words a help? Do people think, you know, what would be great is if we had this person around right now because they always have something positive, good, and constructive and helpful to say. Do they say that about you? Are you always the wet blanket? Or are you always the critic? Come on. Do you 
throw verbal sticks and stones? Who are you going to be, now that you've been confronted with this, who are you going to be next week? Who are you going to be this afternoon? How are you going to change in light of the scripture that we've looked at this morning? Let me ask you this question. What would you think about someone who talks like you? Would you think they were Christians? Would you think they were helpful? I know these are hard questions. It's supposed to be. Come on. I think we can all do better. I think we can all reach in and plant seeds of life. You're going to have a choice every day. When you're angry, when you're mad, people don't do what you want them to. You can choose these, but they will grow up into fruit that you'll eat yourself. Let's stand for prayer. I want us to do some business with the Lord. Look, when God speaks, we heard his word this morning. I believe he's convicting your heart because we all have room for improvement here. We, we need to respond when he speaks. We don't just, okay, let's go eat. No, no. Take a moment. Close your eyes. In your own words, under your breath, ask the Holy Spirit, are my words a help to those around me? Am I representing your kingdom with my words? Holy Spirit, what do you think about how I use my mouth? What's that bounce back thought that you feel when you say that? What's he saying to you in this moment? Thank you, Lord. I want to lead you in a prayer where we ask the Holy Spirit for help. Because we all need help. (laughs) So if you will, repeat this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need help with my words. I don't want to be someone with no self-control who just speaks whatever they feel. But I want to recognize the power of my words. I can speak words of life or death. So I choose life. I choose to listen first. I choose to not say everything I think. And I choose to eulogize people while they're alive. Lord, help me change my speech. That I might reflect your kingdom. Every day. And in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening to the VFC podcast. If you live in the Thomasville area, we would love for you to connect with us in person. For more information about our weekly gatherings, including service times and directions, just visit us at vfcthomasville.org.